Welcome to the Legendarium. So we've we've danced around John's bare ass a few times, <laughs> uh, but now maybe we dive into that whole. <laughs> <laughs> no Poor choice of words. No. <laughs> Rethink that one. No. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Legendarium Podcast. This is episode number 146. Uh, today's episode is about Game of Thrones. Now, you already have a half dozen Game of Thrones podcasts in your life, uh, so I'm proud that we could be another one of them. Uh, we Okay, I guess you really don't need this in your life, but we're going <laughs> to give it to you anyway. Uh, I'm Craig Hanks, your host, and I'm glad that you're here with us. Let's go ahead and introduce the rest of our panel well, he's as cold-hearted as Arya, and his needle is half the size. It's Ryan Bruckman. <laughs> but it's still dangerous. <laughs> and it turns out he was the prince who was promised. And frankly, I think we're all pretty disappointed. It's new panelist Dan Thompson. I'll take it. It's been called worse. <laughs> and his hair was just as lush as Daenerys's, but then he cut it, so now he's the hound. It's Kyle Lemon. I mean... Twice, no, half the size and twice as ugly? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, welcome everybody, and uh, welcome especially Dan, our new panelist uh, for today. As I understand it, you are a Game of Thrones fanatic, and uh, or or at least or at least fan. I'm a I'm a above average fan, maybe not fanatic. All right, what's between? I don't know. Well, I I guess. his toilet seat is are, made of swords, so well, I sit on the Iron Throne. What you are, what no you are deal. not, is Todd and Ken. And so, True. if they're listening to this, I just want them to know I'm expecting this to be the smartest panel we've ever had. Uh, A lot of pressure. My bad. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> now, uh, okay, so today is Game of Thrones, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, But first, I want to let you all know, just like always, head to patreon.com slash legendarium and please support the show there. We would very much appreciate your support. Uh, Anything that you can do, the way we've structured it is on a per episode basis. And so you can give as little as uh, $1 an episode and, uh, and our incentive structure goes up to five. But really, you could go up to 100 bucks an episode or whatever. Uh, please don't do that. Your money is more valuable than that. But anything you do choose to give, we uh, we very much appreciate. Now, we do it that way because, uh, you know, every once in a while we don't get to do four episodes in a month. In fact, we almost didn't get to do this one. It was pretty hard to get us all into a room. I'm glad we did. But if we hadn't, I'm, I'm glad that we we do it per episode instead of, you know, per month. So people always get their money's worth. Uh, anyway, the other thing I'll mention, reddit.com. Oh, wait, how do I do this one? Oh, pretty sure them getting their money worth is pretty debatable. <laughs> well, okay. That's a, always a dubious prospect. Uh, the legendarium.reddit.com is where you can go to join the conversation. Of course, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and, and we'll engage with you there. But Reddit is where the most conversation and I think the most interesting conversation happens and so I hope we will see you there if we have not yet already. Uh, and then also make sure that you are all up on the Wheel of Time giveaway. Uh, we're in between Wheel of Time episodes right now, and so I'll just plug that real quick. Uh, you can go to iTunes, leave a review, and send me a copy of that review via Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or whatever so that I can uh, match you to it. And if you leave the best review, the funniest review... You'll be in the running for a sweet legendary edition of Crossroads of Twilight, which is book 10 of Wheel of Time. Okay, let's talk about Game of Thrones. I just had to get through all of that. Now, uh, the occasion for this episode is the season 7 finale of what I believe is the greatest television show of all time. Uh, and uh, wow. I say that even after having watched season 7. <laughs> That's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I do. I, I think um, I wasn't sure about it. I think I started watching it when the show was on season four, maybe. And I just kind of I, I had a free trial of HBO for a few months. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, people kind of talk about this Game of Thrones thing. I, I guess I'll watch it maybe after my wife goes to bed. I've heard there's some some, you know, boobies and stuff. <laughs> and so I turned it on and, and I was just I was a smitten kitten. 
right away. By the boobies? Well, well I mean, <laughs> of among other things. <laughs> among other things. Uh, no, it's... Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is the greatest show ever. Um, but uh, I don't know what... Uh, I want to know what you guys think as well. Ryan, you've never watched Game of Thrones until the season seven finale. It, is this like a pride thing? You've just not watched it because the whole world is telling you to? No, most of it came down to the fact of I didn't have access to HBO. I mean, I could pretty much, the extent of my Game of Thrones would be reading episode recaps and listening. I've got this really cool version of the theme song. Is that like this, this Stranger Things uh, Game of Thrones? Straight oh, 80s. <laughs> I woke up to this this morning, so... It's like Contra of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> like playing a 90s video game. Yeah, exactly. That was that was something. Yeah, it was. But that was pretty much the extent of uh, my Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm I am familiar enough to stay in a conversation with people, but there's plenty of plot holes and things I'm missing. And quite frankly, it made watching this season finale, which I had a hard time calling it a season finale, but right for you, it was just show. It was just show, and even like even trying to get the feel, of like okay, this is a season finale. I was like, yeah, it and, really, it didn't feel like it until the last and, sixty mm-hmm. seconds or so. Um, but uh, by the way, the theme song written by Ramin Jawadi, same guy who did Pacific Rim, oh. one of my favorite. Uh, I can't say it's one of my favorite film scores, but it is one of my favorite film themes. It's good. It's a uh, it's good good hook. Yeah, for that movie. So anyway. Uh, Okay, all right, Kyle. Now, Kyle and Dan, you both are book readers as well yep. as show watchers. Yeah, I've read through all of them. Yeah, yeah, and I've read up to four, not five, not five. Okay, don't read that because then you'll be mad at at uh, <laughs> George Martin, just like all the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. I haven't read any of them. I, I read the first hundred pages or so of the first one, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, but gave up when the mm-hmm. show was awesome. And I figured that was <laughs> yep. good enough. Now that so. we've thoroughly discredited anything that we're going to say for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. These guys don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. We are the Jon Snow of the podcast <laughs> that you're going to listen to. <laughs> uh, good news for us in season seven finale. <laughs> what? Well, so so the show the show has been absolutely amazing for six seasons. And I mean, there were definitely high points and low points. There were episodes that weren't as astounding or anything but then season seven came along and there are fanboys out there uh there's a a writer that i follow who as far as he's concerned the show can almost do no wrong and even this season was like uh it's it's so deep on so many levels and i'm like no just uh, this is the worst writing ever dan (laughs) settle this for me season seven is it uh is it better worse or the same in your book i it's below average for sure yeah. In my mind. Yeah. Um I think it suffered quite a bit from when Martin left the show back in season I think it was three or four, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but you know, Benioff and Wise, the guys running the show now, kinda have to, you know, plot forward the story that they have a basic outline of and I I just don't think they're quite up to the task. They can hit the big plot hole or plot lines, but it's the things in between they struggle with, I think. They do at the end of every episode they've got the the little five minute uh, behind the scenes or whatever where Benioff and Wise kind of explain to you what you just watched but they're dumber mm. than I am <laughs> and like which is and, dumb for and, listeners out there <laughs> and they I was watching it last night and they said and I, I apologize I didn't go back and try to remember what it was so I can't tell you exactly what they said but they said something as though like oh this will be a revelation to the viewers of you know kind of a pull back the curtain and this is how you construct a really great story and i'm sitting there going no you're telling us how you don't understand anything about how story works and like mm-hmm. yeah so the more they're on their own the less the so, less they seem to know what I they're think, doing i think to dan's point and one of the biggest things that i've noticed this season with the writing especially is the dialogue the on-screen dialogue so now that they're past the source material because you know they don't have books to go look at they can't essentially copy paste dialogue that martin has written and so they have to come up with their own dialogue and what they're doing with with the dialogue in season seven is it's exposition central they're basically telling you the story through what the characters are saying to each other and before that's the little things that dan was talking about is that you'd 
you'd see a lot of the political plot lines that were unfolding or the drama between this character, that character. And now they're straight up just saying it out loud. And, and the other thing is, is I think that they become entirely too self-aware and it's basically like this fan service of like, I don't know, you see Tormund and Brienne of Tarth and like, they're super self-aware that the fans really dig that relationship. Mm -hmm. So they're feeding into that with some of the dialogue that they're, you know, when he talks about Brienne of Tarth or like, I don't know. There's a million, a million examples in season seven, but the dialogue to me has been the biggest pitfall of season seven. It's almost like fan fiction at this point. Well, I mean, that is what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, this is almost the definition of fan fiction. Yeah. But I'll say to that point too, I kind of have some sympathy for Benioff and Wise because they started off, Hey, we're going to make the show based on this book series that we absolutely love. Maybe they thought Martin would finish it before they finished the show, but... Oh, you mean maybe they thought that that novelist would write more novels? Mm. You would think. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, they started the show... Tell me more. Eight years ago, nine years ago, and there was four books out or five books out at the yeah. time. And so you'd think that he'd publish the two leftover right. books in the last eight years, but I don't know. He needs a little bit of uh, whatever's <laughs> in the water down in American Fork where Brandon Sanderson lives. Yeah, uh, they... So I, I want to go back to the fan service thing that you're talking about, Kyle. Uh, and I, I do, I just want to telegraph, yes, we will get to the good stuff. I know it, we, we tend to get a bit complaint <laughs> heavy on the We will talk legendary. about Jon Snow's bare ass. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I want to go back to the beginning of this season. Was it the first episode when, uh, when uh, um, Singer Guy shows up? Ed oh, Sheeran. Ed, Sheeran. Ed Sheeran? Yes, it was. You mean Eddard um, Sheeran? Ed it was an abomination. Eddard Sheeran. Okay, so I know how Dan feels about it. <laughs> Ryan, you didn't watch it. Kyle, um, tell tell me about so, this. What what happened and how did you feel about it? Well, <laughs> um, Ed Eddard Sheeran shows up and he's part of the Lannister Kingsguard or whatever. He's part of their army. And I, and I was actually okay with Ed Sheeran being in the show because the dude's ugly enough and he looks like he'd just belong in Game of Thrones In like the medieval... Universe. And yeah, yeah he, he fits the part. He could be he like... He for a eunuch. Yeah, he could be the freaky love <laughs> child of Tormund Giantsbane and Brienne of Tarth. Like, put them together, the <laughs> ugly ginger. But <laughs> the thing I had a problem with is Only him... Only a ginger can call another ginger ginger. ginger. Yeah, right, right, that's right. <laughs> It's their word. The problem I had was that he was singing in the episode. Exactly. And, and actually the lyrics to the song that he was singing were pretty interesting if you look into it and it talks about um like hands of gold and mm-hmm. like it, it's kind of prophetic a little bit there. Um but, but he it's was singing it's mother Ed, effing it's Ed, Well that's what I was saying. It's it's too they're too self aware and they're just giving fan service. What it felt what it felt like to me, honestly, is the Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars, Beyonce Super Bowl halftime show. It's like, you know what? <laughs> Everybody's going to watch the Super Bowl. You know who's not going to watch the Super Bowl? Teenage girls. So let's throw Lady Gaga out or Bruno Mars out as the Super Bowl halftime show and get those people in on these so we can boost up the ratings. And for me, it was very disingenuous to the story. That's the first time in Game of Thrones history for the whole show that I've ever been taken out of the fantasy of the show and realized, oh, this is just a show. Because that's one thing that I thought Game of Thrones did really well, and that's why I think to immersion. what you're saying is the immersion in, in the universe. Yeah. And it totally takes you out of it. I I completely agree with what you said earlier. And I mean, I think all of that, I agree with it. But um, yeah, have Ed Sheeran on the show. Fine. Like, yeah, like we said, he's enough of a troll. That's fine. You can put him <laughs> on the show and, and that's great for the love of God. Don't let the man sing on your show. Now I'm not saying he can't sing. I, that's, it's just, it, but it was a new, it's song. distracting. It's new. It's that's new. That's what killed me to go even further is he sings the song and Arya's like, Oh, I've never heard that song pan on his face for way too long. It's a new one. It's like he just dropped a single that day. It'll be on my. It'll be on my next album. I'm waiting for that Eddard Stark shingle or yeah, Eddard, Eddard Sheeran single to drop. And the thing that frustrates <laughs> me is they've had other singers on the show. They've had people from Coldplay, from mm. Snow Patrol. They've and had Major League Baseball players. I never knew that. Exactly. This is news to me. Yep. And that's and that means they did it right. Yep. Before. 
right? They, they show up in a big army scene. They die. They're on the show. Nobody knows. Or, yeah. you know, fans will know. But Yeah, can, Noah Syndergaard and his glowing, yeah. flowing locks are just right. over there to be cannon fodder, and it's cool. <laughs> yeah. We can look forward to the season eight uh, Army of the Queen Bee coming oh, in. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, um, it, I think my favorite. So this is a, a tangent. My favorite um, guest appearances on shows uh, has to be from South Park, where early on in the show, when the show had started to gain traction, all the celebrities in the world, you know, well, their agents anyway, they'd call up Matt and Trey and be like, "Hey, uh, Jerry Seinfeld wants to be on your show," <laughs> hey, you know, or like Bruce Willis wanted to be mm-hmm. on your show, and so they're like, "Um, yeah, we there's a part with a dog. Can he come bark?" <laughs> like we're gonna make Bruce Willis bark like a dog, and that's the whole part. He never speaks, and Bruce Willis is like, "Yeah, great, that sounds like fun." And then Jerry Seinfeld, they're like, "Yeah, Turkey Number Four, we need Turkey Number Four. And, Jer- and Jerry's agent is like, "Jerry Seinfeld is not going to do that." You know? <laughs> anyway, so those guys knew how to do guest appearances. Oh yeah, so that's why uh, we brought Dan on. He's our guest appearance. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, <laughs> he's Turkey Number Four for the Legendarium. Oh, okay, so Ed Sheeran, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we want to talk about some good stuff. What's going on this season that you guys actually care about? Dan, let me let me kick it to you, because you seem like a charitable fellow. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, they made, I'll, I'll do air quotes with revelations, because a lot of things they revealed are things that have been sort of figured out for a long time since the books have been out. But they finally got to who John really is. Um they finally got Daenerys over to Westeros, which was nice, you know. After six seasons, she finally sails across the sea. She's um, like the hobbits that won't leave the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Seriously. Well, yeah, and you got to give the dragons time to grow, I guess. So, but um, yeah, Kyle, um, I really like that. Like, even though it's too fast-paced, I do like that stuff's actually happening. So there is, as opposed to, was it season five or six? Season, when season nothing five happened? was season five was the one that was pretty slow. Yeah. Um, but it's like they haven't struck that balance that they had in the first couple of seasons with Martin doing a lot of the a lot of the heavy lifting as far as the writing is concerned. Right. So now they're trying to figure out that balance, and you know, I think what they did is they they dug themselves in a hole by telling them that they were only going to do this many episodes. So now they have to fit everything in. And Kyle's back to the complaints. No, but what I do like is (laughs) I really like the stakes. I feel like the stakes are now it's it's world saving stakes. And uh, I do like what they did with Viserion and being Mm -hmm. turned into a white dragon. Oh, boy. Um, I don't like how quickly it happened, but I do like that it actually happened. Uh, Do you mean quickly like early in the show or quickly like? Oh, he's he's dead. Yeah. Oh, so like that's that happened. Yeah, it just kind of happened within a ten minute or even five minute span of the show. Right. And I realized, you know, they're up against the uh, the budget wall because I think was it Dan? Was it you that said in in the second to last episode where all this there were three dragons and then all of a sudden there were two dragons, but the one was dead and the other one was Drogon, and we had no idea where the third dragon was and it just <laughs> disappeared. So they ran I didn't, out of money. Yeah, they ran out of dragon budget yeah. money. But I, I like that that's a thing. Um, I think that using the dragon to bring down the wall was a pretty cool touch, uh, which is different than the book, I imagine. Um, and I like... I both like and dislike that all the major players are coming together. I don't like that it makes it feel like there's plot armor and you can't get rid of any of the major players. Oh, dude. But I do like that all the major players are now forced to interact where for the last six seasons they're all over the world yeah. and it's like well if you could just get over here and talk to this person like this would be sweet yeah my favorite was when the fellowship of the people who can't die went north of the wall <laughs> and like and then the people who were like the assistants to the fellowship of the people who can't die were getting like eaten by zombie bears and stuff and <laughs> uh but no that fellowship don't even worry about it you yeah. know it, one of them can literally get ripped in half by a bear and then somebody else comes up and is like oh I'll just, I'll just rub some dirt in it. You're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Ryan, you have now officially seen one episode of Game of Thrones. Yes. What was your, like, did you have anything as you were watching that where you're like, oh, wow, okay, this is great. I really enjoyed it. Or not. Um, 
So I did really enjoy the episode. Besides John's bare ass. <laughs> Who didn't enjoy that? So I, I did really enjoy the episode, and uh, but I was a little bit, I don't know, I, I don't want to say underwhelmed, but there was a lot that I was expecting going in and didn't pan out. Um, having never watched and kind of figuring there's a lot of things, you know, about this show, I was expecting a little bit more action than what was in there. I mean, this yeah, this yeah. felt like it was very much a, we're setting the stage for yep. the next piece. And I was like, okay, I'm, I can understand that. That's fine. Um, but I was trying to tie it into the little things that I had, that I had read and known before. So like, I, I'm like, okay, one of the dragons died in the last episode or became a, a, a villain character now. And to me, I was like, I really want to see that, I want to see him and I know he's not going to show up until the very end, but I want to see him. I want to see what they've done with that to make it cool. And I, as cool as that was, I went, I, I, oh, we're at the end of the episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, we're not going to see him do anything other than shoot the wall. Okay. Yeah. I, I was hoping for more there. Um, as a whole, I enjoyed it. I had a hard time at first with um, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage's accent. Oh, are you used to him in anything else? No. You just always heard him with an American accent. Not even that. Like I, I, I just li- was listening to him and going, I do, that doesn't feel right. I don't know why. <laughs> it probably is, but it doesn't feel right. But there was a lot of things that I was going through. I'm like, okay, like when um, Theon, yes, Greyjoy gets need in the junk and nothing, in the not junk. In the, in the, in the, the he's, he's got a, he's got a case of the not junks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is I, I, I it's, it runs, that it runs rampant. He's it's like a the, disease. He's like the faceless man, but the junkless man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> think like I, I appreciated that I having read enough, I'd never really felt totally lost. There was never really a point where I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know who some of you are. Like I didn't know who I think it's Euron Greyjoy who's Yeah, the uncle who Captain storms Jack Sparrow. Off. Yeah. The front I, man for good Charlotte. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know who he was or whatever, but I I could still get the important aspect of the story of Theon kind of standing up for what he hadn't done before, having his little redemption moment, um, not having junk apparently. I was like, oh, surprise. Okay, that's now I, I know. Now, and I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but that would still hurt. I mean, it's not like it's not like they cut it off and then and then wrapped that area in steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get need anywhere else in your body, it's uh, yeah, still gonna it hurts. Hurt, so. Uh, yeah, uh, that, so I was a little like, huh, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, and maybe this speaks to... It's the moment when he, when he realizes, hey, I have no balls. I'll just grow a pair, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. Um, I will say that just about everything in this episode was incredibly predictable to me. Even as someone who has never watched the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the one moment that I kind of, that they kind of got one over on me was when it was Jamie Lannister standing with Cersei and the mountain was standing right there. And I was like, and she gave, she nodded the head. I'm like, oh, they're going to go ahead and do this. Okay. I wanted that to happen. I that's And then he I, calls her bluff and goes by. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm not sure about that. But every other moment, the whole, um, the charges of treason and everything else against Lord uh, little, finger. little finger Baelish whatever mm-hmm. I was like yeah I saw that one coming and I I have this thing about neck cutting throat cutting it <laughs> really bothers me it's part of the reason why I've, I have held off aside from not watching not having HBO and so when Arya just cut that across I was like ah oh, dang it I saw it. they got it me they got me <laughs> oh it was quick this was not yeah. nearly as violent an episode as normal by the way oh, I figured it's not nearly it, as violent and when there the are, sex scene are... came through I was like oh that that's on primetime now. That was disappointing. <laughs> it's uh, like yeah, PG thirteen compared to season one. We're watching. We're watching. My wife and I pull it up and and we turn it on and it comes up with like HBO. Blah, 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 and then this is rated M and it gives you all the reasons. And then finally, after like four episodes of nothing, it says nudity on it. And so I'm like, yeah, all right. And she's like, shut up, you're gross. And then <laughs> and then we get to it and I'm all pissed because I'm sorry, Jon Snow's ass does not nudity make like that doesn't count. <laughs> Ah, so disappointing. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, going back to the scene with uh, with the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, not chopping off Jamie's head. I didn't want that to happen, Dan. Like you, you said, you wanted it to happen. I didn't. I I don't want to say goodbye to Jamie yet, but uh, but I did in the moment. I was like, oh, he's out. This right. is it. 
they've already done this scene once going the other way with exactly. Tyrion. So now mm-hmm. this time she's going to actually exactly. pull the trigger. Exactly. And, and that's what I said out loud um, was almost exactly that. And then this is what really bothers me about uh, the writing and why I say it's so lazy this season is because so many times uh, throughout season seven, there have been moments where the motivation of a certain character or the reason for a certain action can be chalked up to a very, very simple explanation. It was in the script. You know, why, mm-hmm. why did that happen? Well, it's in the script, mm-hmm. you know? And so she, so Cersei uh, is, is confronting Jamie or, or vice versa, whatever. And then the mountain or yeah, the mountain is there and Jamie is daring her to tell the mountain to cut his head off. Like, just do it. Give the order. Do it. And then finally, after the tension has been ratcheted up, she nods and the mountain pulls the sword out of his scabbard and then stops. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie says, I don't believe you. And no he walks away. No other visual cue from at, Cersei or anything like that. At what point did Cersei not tell the mountain to cut off Jamie's head? What, uh, it, it, it was in the script. Yeah. He, he, they had he, a secret meeting in the hallway before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nod <laughs> and you pull your sword. You can go as far as swinging it within an inch, but do not, yeah, do not cut, cut his head off. Yeah. I might need another kid. <laughs> I will say, I didn't necessarily want Jamie to die, but I wanted something like that to happen. Yeah, like the like the show of old. I mean, when they killed Eddard Stark in season one, Sean Bean, the star of the show, you kill him. I mean, I yeah, was that was bold. You I know? didn't. I Red didn't know that. Thing. I didn't know that going in. Mm-hmm. I just all I knew was that people like this show. I mm-hmm. should watch it. Mm-hmm. I was flabbergasted. Well, yeah, all right. And all of their marketing, Dan and I were talking about this last night. All of their marketing was around Sean Bean. Like, right. Come and see this new show with Sean it. Bean, and like this is the dude. And it's like, and it's just that like that should have been warning bells for all of us, right? It's like Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. <laughs> but, but you're thinking maybe like episode or season six, he'll die. <laughs> nope. But I mean, same thing. Don't worry, they'll bring him back. They could. Cersei's going to become the Night Queen, and she's in everyone. Yeah. It's all going to happen. He'll be <laughs> the back. Night, as the a, Night Queen is this like Mozart's magic flute or something? No, it's it, Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> same thing though with the Red Wedding. I mean, they kill Catelyn yeah, and Rob. Yeah. I mean, um, it was just shocking. And Ryan, I found your point interesting because did you? I mean, the script for this season leaked before the season even came out. Did you? read any of that before no so you find it predictable even without that yep which is interesting i I refuse to do stuff like that like i enjoy this i enjoy this piece of art like for itself Mm -hmm. it's not uh, although i also enjoy the cultural aspect you know the water cooler uh discussions and whatnot I, i do enjoy that but i enjoy the show for itself and so i find it offensive almost that somebody would ruin it in that way for themselves mm-hmm. like right. no, just enjoy the show as it's meant to be enjoyed mm-hmm. and even still well, i mean that's part of the problem with one martin taking so long to finish these books and two the show stretching out so long is that the the fan verse has had so much time to theorize and come up with all of the different like ways that the story can be told and then that's what happens is that the writers look at that and say, oh, we need to give this fan service, you know. Um, I think that's actually why I why I feel it's so predictable because of so many fan theories. Like, to me, I didn't know what was a reveal in this episode at all. Like, as far as I've been concerned, John Sn- we knew who Jon Snow's parents really were, like, the for a while because that's been a theory that had been coasting right. around like oh great you know and he's going to be the heir to the iron throne it makes sense and yeah. mm-hmm. i don't know the relationships with everybody but it makes sense so yeah. and you know to have that moment there with creepy kid bran <laughs> I, yeah and he's talking with creepy girl samwise samwell 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 yeah. uncreepy who i am who i don't again one episode i feel like his whole purpose was to come in and allow bran to talk at him <laughs> like that's what it felt like there so but at, so least, kelsey, at least he'll listen to ex- bran yeah. he doesn't yeah. listen to his wife <laughs> kelsey had speaking of wives my wife kelsey had a really interesting comment in that scene where bran's like i'm the three-eyed raven and sam's like i don't know what that is <laughs> and kelsey's sitting next to me she goes and he, he explains to sam well i can see everything in the past and i can see everything that's happening right now and my wife goes, then why aren't you more helpful? <laughs> <laughs> like you've been sitting there for several episodes doing nothing. And then he is. I mean, because he's going to warg into the Night King and get trapped there. That's that's why. 
and he knows it's going to happen, so he just he's holding off. That's, that's one of the you know that's one of the problems with a uh, with magic and with a character like Bran is that um, what is it Sanderson always says that the you have to you have to understand a character's strengths, uh, but only because the weaknesses are more interesting. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know much about what Bran can and can't do, and so it's hard for him to be an interesting character because his his purpose as the Three Eyed Raven is. Uh, not very well explained at this point, mm-hmm. in my opinion. We're, I was joking with some family that watched the watched the series um, that Bran was just going to find somebody else to Hodor and just tell him to fight the king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he can warg. He is a warg. <laughs> um, and the Three-Eyed Raven stuff is very loosely explained. Wait, he can warg? He can warg. So he, that's when his eyes go all white and oh, okay. he jumps into the wolf or he jumps into Hodor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and gotcha. takes over takes right. control um so one of the theories is that he's going to warg into a dragon warging by the way sounds like uh like a <laughs> like an awful new dance move that miley cyrus <laughs> is going to do at the next vmas the warg. So. yeah so we know that um that brings up an interesting point though if he can warg into what we assume is the not ice dragon because it's that could be something else but zombie dragon why can't he warg into one of the white walkers I don't know. There is, a, I mean, there is a theory out there that Bran is actually the Night King because he can do the whole time travel thing. Because he ta- mm-hmm. he traveled back in time during the Tower of Joy and yelled at his at his dad, and his dad heard him. He turned around, or he traveled back in time and and did the whole Hodor thing. Um, so there is the theory out there that the Night King is just a different timeline version of Bran, and it Bran's Bran's responsible for pretty much everything that's going on. So like. Bran was actually the voices in the Mad King's head telling him to burn everything because he was trying to tell him to burn the White Walkers. Um, that Bran was actually Brandon the Builder that built the wall um, in a different timeline. That Bran has now become the or is the Night King, and so that's why the Night King knows where Bran is all the time. Mm-hmm. So interesting theory. I don't know if I buy into it, but there is that theory. So really, all that. All that tells me is that I need to read a little more secondary literature on this subject because I have not heard any of this. <laughs> See, and to me, based on other pieces I've seen, to whatever end they had in mind or they were originally writing, I could easily see the showrunners being like, oh, oh, that's good. We're going right. to go with that one. Let's grab that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even in those theories, they're showcasing like how they've got a new actor playing the Night King that looks more like Bran and everything looks more... So you're starting to be able to piece it together. And to me, it just makes sense. I haven't got the the investment into other portions. I'm like, that just it makes sense to the story to do it that way, yeah. from mm-hmm. what I understand. Um, okay, so... I Can wanna... we talk about Drogo Ex Machina for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> Drogo or Drogon? Drogon, yeah. yeah okay. Well, Drogo I was too. like, I Drogo's mean, back? Drogo's sweet. Well, I just... I mean, that's pretty much the whole point, that he just shows up out of nowhere all the time and like... Okay, you guys are saved. Sweet. Well, and why did John not jump on his back to get out of there? It made zero sense that he didn't jump on his well, back. Well, because the script said so. Because the script said so. Yeah. It's the same yeah. reason that uh, Benjamin didn't jump on the horse with John. Because the script <laughs> no said time. so. Yeah, my hands sure are too cold. I was screaming. I was, I was just too. screaming at the screen. This makes no sense. So, yeah. There is one that one of my <laughs> one of my coworkers brought this up for why John didn't get on the dragon. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. But because the, idea, the script said so. Not because the script <laughs> said so, but because tr- there's only ever one dragon rider per dragon, and that a single dragon rider has never ridden more than one dragon. So if John is supposed to be a dragon rider, he can't actually get on Drogon because Drogon is Danny's dragon. Mm. And so like he would have to get on a different dragon. I think that would make sense if John knew that. Yeah. But there's something you know. instinctual inside of me that says I can't get right. on here right now. <laughs> there's so some magical barrier that'll throw him off if he tries to get on. You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> speaking of Save speaking of John being a dragon rider, it makes it makes more sense for the show now that we know that he's a Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Uh are we going to get this is kind of prediction moment here. Are we going to get a uh a John baptism by fire similar to uh Danny at the end of season 1? Um mm. Maybe. You know, are we are Could we going to get a moment where has he ever had occasion? Have we ever seen him be burned by anything? Anyway, I'm just thinking maybe that'll be a thing. Maybe that's how he'll know. come that's to think of. 
He'll I'd, come to suspect. He's yeah, been nothing, kissed by fire with regret. Oh, you count yeah. that. Yeah. Egret. Zing. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I, I don't think the fire was the one doing the kissing on that. Oh, Ooh. yeah. In the cave. Oh. Aegon, give it to you. Aegon, give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> he found the moment. You found the moment to found work moment. that in. Found the moment. He's been sitting on that for 34 minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds. Well, it came it came out pretty naturally before the podcast, and Craig's like, "Why aren't you saying this live?" So I told him I'd work it in. Um, okay, so, so did Jon Snow. <laughs> Another perfectly placed zing. Uh, whoa! Excuse me, Aegon. So anyway, Egg. I can't. Oh, you're killing me. Um. I do want to uh, pay more compliments uh, because, you know, we've crapped enough on the show and I'm sure we will again in just a moment. But um, but in this season, um, the there's a a sort of dichotomy now between Tolkien and Martin and people say the show is going more Tolkien. And uh, I'm wondering how you guys feel about this. And I I just want to say, obviously, okay, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Tolkien. Uh, but and that's not why I say this. I like plenty of shows. I, I love Breaking Bad, and that is relentlessly, unendingly grim from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so it's not just because I love Tolkien, but I am appreciating that this show, which has been so incredibly grim all the time, is kind of a, a, just a little bit more um, classic fantasy. The, you know, with the fellowship of the people who can't be killed and you know, that sort of thing where uh, we find ourselves on slightly firmer footing. Um, so, yeah, I've been really frustrating, frustrated with the writing, frustrated with the dialogue. Um, but in some respects, I have appreciated that about this season. Thoughts? It's interesting you bring that up because I remember... Is it? Cause it? It is. Okay. Um Martin had a quote, I forget when it was or where it was, but he he basically had a criticism of Tolkien, specifically... You don't say. <laughs> specifically Lord of the Rings, in which everything ends and every everything's happy, everything's good. And he said, that's, that's not how the story should end. What happens after that? So I think with his series, if he ever finishes it, you know, the, the Great War will happen. Then what happens after that? Who's Who rules Westeros? Uh what taxes are you know placed on people things like that so and he said the end is gonna be bittersweet so i think he's gonna try to go further than this is the happy ending that tolkien he says tolkien did right and try to do it that way sounds like first of all it sounds like a fundamental misreading of tolkien (laughs) um but uh whatever i guess he and i can go after go at it sometime you and martin yeah Yeah. he's not busy Yes, indeed. Find him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a, it's a terrible reading of Tolkien, first of all. And second of all, um, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm all on board with what happens next and asking that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my absolute favorite piece of fiction outside of The Lord of the Rings is Mistborn. And that's the whole conceit of Mistborn is mm-hmm. the first book is your classic fantasy story. And then books two and three are, okay, so what? Mm-hmm. You know, you so, won. Now what do you do? Exactly. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Anyway. I do I do I'm with you on I like the show, you know, you know, some of the main main characters now have that plot armor. There's the group that can't be killed or whatever. There's there's a little bit more hope for our heroes, I guess. Um but I do wish that they were striking a little bit better balance of still being a little bit more grim than the than the average epic fantasy. Um but I do, I do think that they needed to bring it back from how grim it was, because otherwise it's just you know you'd get to the end of the show and everybody'd be dead and it would be unsatisfying. Yeah, completely unsatisfying. And like, why did I just watch eight seasons worth of everybody just dying for no reason, kind of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so we've we've danced around John's bare ass a few times, <laughs> uh, but now maybe we dive into that whole. <laughs> <laughs> no Poor choice of words. No. 
rethink that one. No. <laughs> oh, that's staying in, you guys. That is that is one thousand percent staying wow. in the show. That is the the preview clip right there. <laughs> Maybe we dive into that hole. <laughs> I meant to say that whole thing. I just didn't get there quite fast enough. <laughs> Uh, you know what I hate most about you guys? <laughs> everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. Um, wow. No, I, I, Is that I, a Reddit flare, by the way? What's that? I think that? that's a new Reddit flare. Dive into that hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am I, I am flummoxed. Uh, okay. Let's talk about, about John and Danny a little bit. And how much I don't care and don't need them to be together. Uh, apparently, the show's been building to this for a long time. I never sensed it. I never like cared about it. But I guess it is called a song of ice and fire, and so it kind of makes sense. But like, I think it depends it on how you look rushed, at it. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on how you look at it because you could conceivably say that, that a song of ice and fire is John and Danny coming together. Danny being fire, John being ice. But John actually is now fire embodies that all by himself because he's both, oh that's true he's both targaryen and stark the prince um, that was promised and so he embodies that all by himself without danny so i mean you could look at it either way but it it's another one of those fan theories that has been you know speculated forever so it's like everybody was expecting it to happen it was just a matter of when they were actually going to show it on the on the show and but i think what is interesting about them coming together especially in the in the finale is that you know john knocks on her door and she lets him in and they start getting it on and Tyrion starts like Tyrion's out there and sees him walk in and the look on Tyrion's face is he's not super excited about that i'm not sure i i'm not sure i read his face the same way mm-hmm. my my um interpretation of that was uh, i wondered if he was feeling kind of guilty or whatever because he had just conspired with cersei behind the scenes off screen uh he has that whole thing with cersei and then it's like i'm pregnant end scene mm-hmm. or you're pregnant end scene and um and so i wondered okay well what happened what happened after that you know mm-hmm. and is the prospect of being able to have a do-over as an uncle is that gonna swing him back into camp cersei um anyway and so that's kind of how i interpreted that facial expression other thoughts yeah yeah, I, yeah. go ahead i agree with you craig i, I kind of read it that way too um and, and i sort of wondered and this is just theorizing at this point but you know Cersei says she's pregnant does Tyrion maybe and he he made a big deal in this season of who takes the throne when you die talking to right. Danny. did he promise the throne to cersei's child and john and danny getting together he's gonna throw a wrench in that yeah I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, that's actually a pretty good point because when Cersei comes back and says that she's gonna, I mean, this is all from the perception of right, um, Danny and John's side, but she comes back and she says, you know, I hope when this is all done and all the White Walkers are dead or whatever, that you remember that I helped you without any assurances from you, and so it could be it actually is a pretty good theory that maybe Tyrion was like, well, Danny can't get pregnant and have an heir. So maybe we can squeeze that in there and say, you know, she helped in the Great War. We're going to... Sque- squeeze what in where? I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, Are we back to the hole again? Yeah, we're back to the hole. Uh, <laughs> Six days But, you know, you bring, you bring in Danny's... <laughs> or you bring in Cersei's heir and make that child the heir to the Iron Throne when Danny has... You know, when Danny dies and doesn't have an heir after that. So I don't know. This is going to sound, this is probably the dumbest question ever uttered on a Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> oh. <or> ever. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe. Why is the Iron Throne so freaking important? <sighs> yeah, you know what? Quite frankly, just as a matter of aesthetics, the throne at Dragonstone, way better. Mm-hmm. Way cooler. Yeah. Like, the fact that everyone is fighting over the Iron Throne, that this is such a big deal, I don't understand. I, I've you know, I've followed along somewhat, but I don't understand why everyone is fighting for the Iron Throne and why John being the actual heir is going to throw I get kind of why that would throw a wrench in things, but I don't It's the ultimate power. I mean yeah, that, that's I kind mean, of the basic of it. He, Super, John John says in this one he's how many people are in King's Landing? A million, a million give or take. 
He says that's more people than are in the entire North. And that's the North is a huge place, right? And so the idea here is, and I, I, I'm spitballing, so forgive me if I'm way off base, but it's just a simple matter of economics. Mm -hmm. If you control King's Landing, which is where the Iron Throne is, then you control the linchpin of mm -hmm. that world's economy. Well, and the fact that, you know, the ruler in King's Landing, whoever sits on the Iron Throne is the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, because before Aegon the Conqueror came in and conquered all of Westeros, they were split up into seven different kingdoms. And so you'd have the North as a kingdom and Dorne as a kingdom and, you know, basically all the great houses and all the different right. divisions there would be their entire separate kingdoms. But the Iron Throne is that linchpin to ruling the whole continent. So very basic level. It's, it's, just it's the ultimate power. Biggest seat of power. Yeah. And I think in the case with Danny, since she was born, her brothers groomed her. Hey, we are the rightful heirs to the throne. So we should be there. And she just grew up hearing that over and over. So I think it's mm -hmm. kind of, she thinks she's entitled to it at this point. So, which this is the, the only reason why the John and Danny relationship, I think is worthwhile and super interesting to me is that concept right there. Because if he's the heir and she wants to claim it and now they're getting jiggy, there's <laughs> going to be na, 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 na. <laughs> diving in the holes. <laughs> there's going to be some conflict there that would not necessarily have been as serious if they didn't have a romantic relationship. Yeah, and it, well, and it'll be really interesting as well because John, you know, bends the knee to Danny and says, like, you're the queen. And, yeah. It wasn't just the mm. knee that was bent. Oh, uh. yeah. And it, it does pose an interesting <laughs> question because we saw in that episode that John is so hell-bent on um, honor, mm -hmm. basically telling... Um, the Pauline? Basically telling uh, Cersei, I can't bend the knee for you. I've already done it for Danny. So when he finds out that he's the rightful heir, I'm assuming he'll probably unbend, unbend the knee. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not so sure. But I don't know. Does, will when he finds out? Because he will find out in the next season, probably early. Um, is that going to fundamentally change his character? I don't think so. No. He's not suddenly going to become a power hungry uh, yeah. player for I the do, Iron Throne. I do think that Martin has done a really good job of setting these two characters up from the get-go where Danny is the conqueror and John is the ruler. So everywhere John goes, people follow him. He's a natural born leader. He's humble enough, whatever. He doesn't always, he doesn't want power, but he always ends up getting it in some fashion, but he is the, the ruler. Um, and Danny has always struggled ruling. So that's like, while while she was over in Essos for six seasons and waiting for her dragons to grow up, she yeah. never she was able to conquer all of these nations, but she could never actually get them to function with her as queen without basically forcing, you know, whatever her will was at the time, but it never worked. It always, you know, came out from under her and it didn't work. So Martin set them up as one's a conqueror, one's a ruler, and now, you know, we have to see if Danny's gonna make that decision which is essentially the honorable right decision to say oh i'm not the the real heir we have to give it to john and john's going to be the one like well i don't want power but you know to dan's I point i, I don't, don't think danny would give it up that easy i don't think she will either but no, it'll be so. it'll be interest it'll be really interesting conflict westerosian timeshare setup <laughs> <laughs> can i uh, float an interesting theory that i read about today i'm ready so the Mad King, right? Mad King Eris, who is Daenerys' father. Yeah. Correct? Mm hmm Went mad, we all know. Wanted to burn down oh, King's the Mad Landing. King. Mad oh, King. It's all coming together. I'm just messing with the, you. All right. <laughs> uh, so the, the theory is that madness kind of runs in Targaryen family because of all the inbreeding and incest and things like that. That's and hot. <laughs> we yeah. won't go into that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's been some points in the season where Danny kind of started to crack a little bit, especially when like Tyrion would suggest something and she'd say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or when she burned, um, the telly, Dickon, the Tarly's, yep. Dickon. Um, and the, the theory is, I love this show so much. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Dickon. <laughs> the theory I'm is, I'm eight. <laughs> you are eight. It's cool. <laughs> there's been a lot of penis jokes in this, se in this season too. In so this, in this episode of the legendary, there's yes. been plenty. 
<laughs> oh, come um, on. The episode opened up with him talking about whether or not Unix should be fighting in a war. Because for a solid two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I was like, so this is what I've gotten myself yeah, into. I know. I, could, <laughs> I, I was thinking about you through that whole speech. I was Please like, don't tell me. I was like, here's what, that. here's what Ryan comes into. It's not like an awesome <laughs> season one sex scene or something. It's, I guess it's just cocks all the way down or whatever he says. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Keep sorry. Going, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so the theory is when... They both find out that John is the rightful heir, and I'm assuming they're in love at this point because they rushed that plotline. Um, Danny will start to go even madder and maybe potentially lose it full blown, and that kind of ties into the whole um, Azora High Prince that was promised prophecy, which we don't have to get into because it's very convoluted. But it kind of ties into that a little bit. Maybe you know, I, I don't see them going full Cersei with her though. Because they've already done that with Cersei. True. And so I, do, I could see her going toward that brink and John becomes the person that keeps pulling her, her back. back. I do think that perhaps that could be part of Martin's bittersweet ending. Because the whole prophecy with that, I don't want to get too too far into it, but the whole idea is that he has, whoever the prince that was promised has to create the sword Lightbringer. And the only way to create that sword is to forge it and then basically... Um, what's it called when you're forging and you put it in the water to like cast the like to cool it quench off it. quench it so in order to quench that blade after it's been forged the only way that it would work is he has to quench it through the heart of his wife his I wife or his word. love or oh whatever. really and yeah. so I can see that being the case where Danny is getting to the point where it's like almost mad queen and they have to make that decision John has to make that decision in order to save the world and kill the Night King, he has to forge this sword Lightbringer, and in order to do that, he's going to have to axe Danny. And the hmm. series, prophecies in this book series tend to, Tolkien, or Tolkien, Martin even says they tend to be misinterpreted. Um, so whether that's a literal sword, who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, even John saying, hey, I'm going to take the throne from you, that could break her heart, and, yeah. you know, in the same way. So, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? He's going to pull a... Uh... Bruce Willis and the Night King will come up behind him and he'll be like, yippee ki mother, and just stab <laughs> through his own heart into the yes. Night King and yes. she'll freak out, no! <laughs> I, like uh, I like that. Okay, so we're com- going to steal that, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big fans of the Legendarium, especially after I called them, I think I said they were dumb at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. You're dumb. They've been You're called really worse, I'm dumb. sure. I'm sure they've been called worse. and, and I, I don't know anything about them. I, I don't just know about their show. I don't know how it fits in with the prophecy or anything else, but I think it would be kind of cool to see if Danny goes out of the picture, if she goes crazy and dying or whatever, that John has to take control of Drogon. Something like that, or mm-hmm. he has to do something like that. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. He and the Night King have their aerial battle. Danny's down. He gets on Drogon with a sword cool. that fresh, freshly quenched from her heart, <laughs> goes up into this aerial battle with him. They're jousting each other up yeah. in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, clearly you should be running this show. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> whatever happens, whatever happens with uh, Danny and John, it's going to be interesting next season. So. I I think you're right. Um, one of the reasons that I'm not so stoked on the Danny John storyline is just because it forces Amelia Clark to act, or <laughs> or whatever her approximation of that is. Now she was very very well cast. And so in the moments when she needs to sit there and look regal and deliver a few queenly lines, like that's, that's fine. She knows how to do that. But then when she tries to actually interact with other people on an emotional level, it, I just don't buy it. And so I'm having a hard time watching her try to do that anyway. I think especially when she's matched up with other very good actors that are on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It really shows. to our earlier point, and with subpar dialogue for her oh, to yeah, it's go painful. off of. So. Bend the knee. <laughs> uh, all right, we'd better wrap it up. We're coming up close on an hour here, so uh, any final thoughts, anything you guys just need to get off your chest, or, you know, I'm not going to make that joke. More <laughs> whole jokes. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to say about uh, this season or anything about Game of Thrones? Because this might be all that our audience gets for a little while on Game of Thrones. One thing I was thinking, we, we kind of brought up the spoilers, now the leak script, or the script leaked earlier before the season started. 
Um, as a book reader, I'll say, you know, in, in the earlier seasons followed the books very closely. I knew what was going to happen, but it was still executed so well that I didn't care. I liked, I wanted to see it. And in the case with this season, I knew some of the things were going to happen and they, it just didn't do it for me as much. I don't know why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So execution, but not the good kind because nobody died. (laughs) And maybe it's because things were so rushed. I mean, for a show that took episodes or seasons to build up to a giant, you know, plot reveal or, you know, big moment, it just felt so rushed. And maybe that took me out of it. I don't know. Uh, Ryan, are, do you have any inclination to continue watching the show or to go back and, and watch from season one just based on this episode? I've been debating about it actually ever since I watched the one, the just the one, just because of the production value of a f- good fantasy series to me. It was like, you know what? This is this is worth watching just because it's they've done a great job on the production value of it. Yeah. You know, it's dragon, hard to it's hard to remember you're watching TV. It might as it, it's like every like episode Sheeran is a full up. length movie. Yeah, sort it, of. it felt really good. And I mean, I've dealt with far less and enjoyed, you know, quite a bit. You know, the series Merlin, I love, even though their graphics are like 90s-esque. They're very, very poor, but I enjoy and I, I just enjoy that that genre, that era anyway. So I what I will probably do is I will cancel my subscription, my my free trial to HBO now. And I will wait till season eight finishes, and then I will pay fifteen dollars for one month and just get the whole thing off over with. Oh, in one that, one that run. will be the best and worst month of your life. So <laughs> it's it's a lot. Ryan's gonna come into record podcasts and just look like a ghost. <laughs> like, oh, dude, you look grim, man. You all right, <laughs> uh, Kyle? Any final thoughts, or or are you? Yeah, good? I actually, I'm I'm actually appreciative of how bad this season has been. In comparison to how good the other seasons have been Mm -hmm. because this is the show that all fantasy media movies tv shows is going to be judged and based off of and so the new lord of the rings if there's a big uproar in because the quality has dipped hopefully studios will take that and say we need to have this level quality in order to hook people because Epic fantasy or fantasy in general has always been really hard to get mainstream attention because it's a little out there. Yeah. So it's really hard to get people in that large of numbers to buy in. And so it's actually probably a good thing for fantasy lovers like us for Mistborn movie rights and Wheel of Time TV series coming mm-hmm. down, coming yeah. out and, and all of the other, you know, I mean... Because of the success of Game of Thrones, there's a whole lot of authors out there that have sold their TV rights and their movie rights and made a bunch of money, and all of these stories are in production. Um, we talked briefly about the sort of Shannara and how that was... Uh, a disaster. Not great, but hopefully... <laughs> I don't know hopefully, how promotes that series. Yeah, hopefully... <laughs> uh, it's it's easy when you're sleeping on money. Right. Right. <laughs> so hopefully this, the big studios will look at this and be like, okay, there there is a level of quality that needs to be upheld in order for these types of stories to pay off and to work. So maybe that's good news for us. Here's to being optimistic. Yeah. Okay. On the pessimistic side, you have the Shannara series. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, you're right. And the Hobbit trilogy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I'd like to go on the optimistic road with yeah. you, Kyle. So. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, we know that Mistborn has been purchased as far as the rights and stuff yeah. like that. We know that the Wheel of Time is supposedly in production for mm-hmm. a TV series, so it so, would be. So hopefully they don't screw it up. Yeah, hopefully they don't screw it up. Um, I would say my final thought on this is uh, I've really appreciated how comparatively poor this season has been, and frankly, it's still way better than it's still the best show on television. Any television out there. Yeah. Um. In fact, yeah, maybe any television out there. Uh, but anyway, comparatively poor. I've been appreciative pre- appreciative of that because um, it actually makes me want to go read the books. I know that this is ahead of the books, and so this stuff isn't like book canon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it makes me appreciate that. Oh wow, George Martin must actually really know how to tell a story mm-hmm. because it all falls apart without him. And so it makes me want to go read that and see you know what he's actually done what i've read from the books is martin 
So what Jordan is to braid tugging and skirt smoothing, Martin is to food. Oh, yeah. So he likes to describe- And creepy sex <laughs> dialogue. Yeah, food and creepy sex. Sweet. Like, he likes to write long pages about food. <laughs> All right. Well, have you seen him? I mean, <laughs> he likes to eat, <laughs> likes to describe it. Oh, fat jokes. Yeah, <laughs> this is where you come for your highbrow entertainment, everyone. <laughs> Why does he have a history as a sailor or something? He just looks like the guy who runs a lighthouse in (laughs) Well, he's got the hat and everything, right? Like, that's kind of the thing. I don't know if that's just part of his history or just a look that he's like, he landed on like, yeah, this works for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it does. Yeah, he's got his look. All right, let's call it. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Like I said, this may be the only Game of Thrones you get for quite a while, so... Head to the legendarium.patreon or no, the legendarium.reddit.com and join the conversation there because we'll have a uh, we'll have a thread up so you can uh, come yell at us for our opinions on Game of Thrones, and this is the one chance you'll have. Also make sure you head to patreon.com slash legendarium. I gotta remember this one. Patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can go and support the show, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you all there and seeing you all on Reddit. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back in a week or maybe two with uh, Wheel of Time number 11, Knife of Dreams. Looking very much forward to that. And uh, I think I'm good. All right, thanks for coming, guys. Bye.